Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Real Estate Center at Texas A&M University. I'm Haley Reeder, Communications Specialist. Today is Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. On this day in 1832, a rebel force attacked Anahuac in the first armed clash between Anglo-Texans and Mexican troops. The attack was in response to John Davis Bradburn's arrest of William B. Travis and other insurgent leaders. Bradburn agreed to exchange Travis and the other Anglos for 19 cavalrymen held by the insurgents. The cavalrymen were released, but when Bradburn discovered that a number of rebels had remained in town overnight, he refused to free his prisoners and began firing on the town. The insurgents withdrew to Turtle Bayou, where they drew up a series of resolutions explaining their action. Bradburn appealed for help from other military commanders in Texas. Colonel Jose de la Pedras marked from Nacogdoches, but met with Anglo insurgents near Liberty and agreed to remove Bradburn from command and free Travis and the others. Now on to today's podcast. At the start of 2020, Texas economic expansion continued at a rapid clip. All major metros recorded positive job growth in an environment of historically low unemployment, supporting real wage and personal income growth, according to the February 2020 issue of the Real Estate Center's Outlook for the Texas Economy report. However, that positive growth came to a halt when statewide lockdown orders were implemented in mid-March after COVID-19 hit. The health crisis is unlike any crisis the economy has experienced before, and the size of the economic shock will likely result in losses that overshadow losses from the 2008-2009 to financial crisis. From March 21st to May 30th, nearly 115,900 Texans filed initial unemployment insurance claims, according to data from the U.S. Department of Labor. As the economy gradually begins to reopen, Texas appears to be slowly recovering. However, the full impact of the pandemic is not yet known. Joining us today to talk about how the Texas economy has weathered the coronavirus is Center Research Economist Dr. Luis Torres. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Haley. So just give a brief overview of the impact the pandemic has had on the Texas economy so far. So... We've lost about 1.4 million jobs in the two months from April to March. Uh, Just to give you an idea of the magnitude of that loss, think about it this way. From the last expansion, it lasted almost almost 11 years, from June 2009 to February 2020, uh, we gained about 2.7 million jobs. So in a a span of two months, we've lost 51% of those jobs we gained during that, the last expansion. So in 10 years, we gained 2.7 million jobs. And in two months, we lost 1.4 <laughs> jobs. Wow. That's wow. extraordinary, right? Yeah. So also, uh, uh, the number of unemployment uh, claims from March 21st to May 30th, about 2.3 million people have filed for unemployment. That's also a staggering number. Uh, the number, the unemployment rate increased in April to about 12.8%, and it was basically 3.5 in February. So that was also a big jump. Another thing is really important to see besides those job losses is the labor force. 
So even though the government, you know, we have all these incentives for people to stay in the labor force, this is important because it's going to hurt us going forward uh, to how fast we can, can we recover from the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Uh, we've lost about 1.2 million people from February to April in the labor force. So think about it, people have left the labor force, even with the incentives, you know, the government has given out like the extra $600 for unemployment, unemployment insurance. Some people have said, you know what, I can't be in the labor force. Why? Well, think about it. I'll talk about my case. A lot of people are like in my case, parents, you know, the, the good thing in my case, I can work from home, right? And, and have the opportunity from my uh, from the my off from my bosses and from the from the center to work from home. But a lot of people can't do that. A lot of moms or, or dads uh, can't work, can't work, uh, can't work from home, and there's no daycare, right? So where are you gonna leave the kids, right? So a lot of these people have left the labor force and we've lost, you know, uh, 1.2 million people out of the labor force. And that's going to affect us going forward, right? When the recovery, we start to recover. What conversations have you had with other center researchers about the pandemic? What are the most concerning problems and what are the biggest unknowns right now? So uh, you, you mentioned it uh, your last comment. The uncertainty surrounding this, right? We've never been through this before. This is a health issue, a health uh, crisis that turned into an economic crisis, right? So going forward, it's not under control, you know, especially health outcomes. We cannot control those, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens if, if it comes back, right? Also, again, another issue is all these jobs we've lost, are they temporary or permanent? What happens when the programs end, like the paycheck protection program that's supposed to end December 31st, 2020. So what happens when that program is supposed to, the idea behind that is for a business, a small business, not to fire the, to, to fire the workers, keep them on the payroll and they get loans for that. Right? Now, again, there's a lot of debt right now, accumulation. These, all these programs are loan based programs. So what happens when we have all these, uh, the amount of debt we are accumulating, can we pay it off in the future? Uh, that's also at the federal level, that's also happening with the, with the CARES Act. Again, forbearance with mortgages. What's going to happen when, you know, uh, 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 the economy starts to open up? Are these people going to be able to pay uh, their mortgages? Are they, going to have, are they still going to have a job? How about the rent payments? What's going to happen to the people with the, with the whole back rent? Are they going to be able to pay that rent? Uh, that's another question, right? Again, I mentioned earlier that under the CARES Act, uh, people are getting $600 extra in employment, right? So what happens when that ends? It supposedly ends in July 2020. So when that happens, are these people going to go back to the labor force? Are they going to be able to go back to the labor force, uh, find a job, pay their rent? So all these questions, all these uncertainties surrounding, we still have a, 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 a ways to go. We got some good news in, in, in May for the U.S. for the U.S. numbers in employment. We gained actually gained back 2.4 million jobs at, at the national level. But still, you know, all these questions, all these uncertainties surrounding these things, it, it, it's, it's, it's difficult to see, right, what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. New initial unemployment claims in Texas have been steadily dropping since mid-April, but unemployment numbers are still pretty worrisome. What impacts have Texas employment seen so far? Which sectors have been most impacted? And what should we expect going forward? So the, the, the sectors that have been more impacted are being uh, leisure and hospitality, accommodation and food services, uh, retail trade, 
administra administrative and support waste management, basically cleaning and waste disposal services. Uh, so all of these jobs, you know, uh, have been have been the the hardest. Now the question is, you know, how fast can they come back? Right? Uh, these are these are. Uh, these are uh, jobs that people normally people that work in these sectors are are low scale. So the the sector of the economy, the the, the people people that have been hit the most are people that are more low educated, low scale. So the question is, are how fast can these jobs come back? We saw we saw that you know some jobs can come back faster. Some of these jobs will come back faster, but we don't know going forward if all, if all of them will come, come back. So that's that, that's the main that, that's the main uh, ins, uh, question going forward. Mm. How has the COVID nineteen health pandemic affected real estate specifically? So let's talk about let's talk, let's talk about first about the housing market. You know, you know, it definitely has affected the, the demand and supply of homes. People aren't willing to show their homes for sales, and people don't have don't want to purchase a home. Uh, to give you a, the idea, numbers. Uh, Single-family home sales in Texas fell 13.6% uh, in April, and then in May they, they fell 10.3%. Now that's a big number of uh, 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 a big decrease in, in a month in a month in a month-to-month month-to-month uh, 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 month away. Also, you know the supply of new homes has been affected. We've seen a decline in, in, in new housing permits and starts. Now let's talk about commercial real estate. You know, we the sector has been more affected has been retail. Now again, we saw that before the pandemic, retail was going through a restructuring process, right? All these online purchases, uh, all these online online activity, and some companies were were moving more towards uh, online and restructuring their actual physical stores, right? So that this process, COVID nineteen, accelerated that process, right? So retail has been definitely affected the the, wor the worst of the commercial real estate sectors. Now, office this is interesting. We don't have we don't have a clear idea what's going to happen with with office going forward. You know, yes, it is it, also a study of the process where people can work now from home, right? So is that going to be a permanent trend? Now, not everybody right now can work from home, right? There's a statistic out there that about 37 percent of Texans can work. Uh, uh, work from home. So here is interesting to see how this, if this short run impact can have a long run impact, but definitely it's accelerating the process. Now the sector has been done, it's done well during the pandemic is warehouse industrial. Why is that? Again, we saw this pattern before COVID-19 and it helped and it's now helping it to, to, it's helping it during the, during the, the COVID-19 economic crisis. Why? Why does it happen? Because you need centers for distribution, right? For purchasing goods online. So that sector, it's, it, it's, 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 you know, it, it wasn't hurt that bad. In some cases, some jobs were gained in, in that particular sector. Uh, and, and industrial, you haven't seen a drop off in industrial. Now, let me just add one thing. Uh, there's a cool, there's a simple relationship. If you look, if you were to graph unemployment rates by, you know, Unemployment rates by MSA or by US or by for the state of Texas. Let's say in this case we we graph the unemployment rate for Austin, and we graph it against the vacancy rate in industrial, retail, and warehousing, and we and we could do the same thing for any for all the other MSAs for Dallas, for Worth, for Houston, for San Antonio. There's a cool relationship between them. If the unemployment rate goes up, vacancy rates go up. 
If the unemployment rate goes down, uh, vacancy rates go down. So what's going to happen? Vacancy rate, unemployment rate, as I mentioned to you, went up in Texas all, all, uh, to 12.8%. Vacancy rates should increase in all these sectors, right? But lesser degree, right? Uh, warehouse would be the one that would be, would be less affected. But definitely the other two sectors, we would see an increase in vacancy rates going forward. What other sectors of the economy have been hit hard by the pandemic? And what sectors came out relatively unscathed? So definitely the energy sector, right? The energy sector has been hard, has been hit hard, and it, it, it's, it's affecting uh, Texas. That's where we have that double, that double whammy affecting the Texas economy, right? The energy sector. So why, you know, of course, you know, there's no demand right now for for gasoline and, and, and energy products. Is the, the whole the whole world economy shut down? So that affects. There's no movement. If you look at the stats, at the at the graphs of people moving transportation around the world, is basically because of the great shutdown, as has been called, there's no demand for oil. There's a big, no demand for oil, and we still had that big amount in output. Although output has now has decreased, uh, uh, you know, supply has decreased, but still demand was a, a strong shock. Again, it was shock. So the energy sector has been has been hit hard. hard. Now, with sectors, you know, if I mentioned earlier, the warehousing sector, also high tech. High school workers, high school workers, high tech companies that can you can work from home. Those the high uh, those have been hurt the less have been affected less by the by the by the crisis. Mm-hmm. We all keep hearing about how we're going to come out the other side of the pandemic having changed. Things will not be the way they were before. In what ways do you think Texas will be different, specifically in terms of the jobs people have and how they carry out those jobs? So, so again, here's really important to mention this, you know, I know we talk about this shock, it's, it's, but you know, what history has shown us, right, to change human behavior, you need a long run impact, right? This, this still, this still looks like a short run impact, right? Because uh, structural change definitely takes, takes time. What we've seen is, is that we've seen those processes that were already in play, like the retail restructuring, the warehousing part of it for distribution of, because of the purchase of online, the working from home, those processes has, have definitely accelerated, right? Mm-hmm. So going forward, I think that's one of the things we're going to look at, right? Just to give you an idea, think about SARS in Hong Kong, another pandemic, right? It happened. Actually, you know, office didn't change that much in, 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 in or behavior in Hong Kong, office didn't change that much. You know, again, another effect, another negative was, you know, September 11 on New York. At that moment, a lot of people were talking about, you know, people are not going to live in New York. People are going to move out from New York. People don't want to work in big offices. It's, it's, uh, and it didn't happen. So think about it that way. You know, change is not that easy, especially, you know, when you have a temporary shock. Definitely, I, I do see that for Texas. We're going to accelerate that process in the case of retail, working from home, we can and, and, and maybe other jobs that we didn't think we can work from home, you know, we're not going to work from home. Also, automation could isolate the, isolate the process of, you know what, since we, don't, can't, we can't have the workers here, let's autom- automate more of the, of, the, of, the, of the job process, right? Again, but here's, it's really important because going forward, we need to retool our, our, our workforce, educate, because again, if we, if we see the data, the people that are being hurt the most are the low-skilled wage workers and the ones that are 
not being harmed or even in some cases benefited other Hans that are high skilled wage workers because some of them can work from home. We should look at, at, at creating policies to, again to educate a workforce. I think that's that's going to be primary. That's going to be really important. Make that transition. Help those people that are low skill. Give them some give them education tools to transition from that low skill to maybe medium or even high uh, high skill jobs. Well, thanks again for coming on to talk to me. Thank you, Haley. Thank you for having me. Thanks again, Luis. For more info on COVID-19's impact on Texas, check out the Real Estate Center's economic indicator, which was just updated yesterday. We post a link to the latest report on our podcast webpage and in the YouTube description box. Don't forget to subscribe to email notifications so you always know when this report is updated. If you're looking for more COVID-19-related news, check out the Center's News Talk Texas database. We've included a link to multiple relevant news articles on the podcast webpage, as well as a link to Recon, that's Real Estate Center Online News. That's our bi-weekly newsletter that sends you all the biggest headlines in Texas real estate. Subscribe for free so you always stay in the loop. If you're looking for more from the Real Estate Center, check out our research library. It includes a wide variety of economic reports and real estate articles. Our latest topics include age demographics and housing demand, McAllen Edinburgh Missions economy, smart homes, contractual obligations during a pandemic, and more. We included a link to the research library on our podcast webpage. That's going to be it for today's podcast. If you want more from the Real Estate Center, head to our website. That's www.recenter.tamu.edu. There, you'll find the latest data, research articles, blogs, news, and more. To stay up to date on when articles are published on our website, follow the Real Estate Center on social media. You can find us with the handle at RECenterTX on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. For more podcasts like these, you can subscribe on iTunes or to our YouTube channel. All podcasts are also available for free on our website. Thanks again for joining us today in the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Real Estate Center in College Station, Texas, where we've been helping Texans make the best real estate decisions since 1971. This is Haley Reeder. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time. Bye.